Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and I'm here today to give you a word from the Lord because you are so precious to God. But first, before we begin today's teaching, I want to welcome you to our uh, teaching today. And also for those of you that are joining us for the first time, I want to invite you to go to our website at mydayofdestiny.com. There you can see and hear all of our podcasts. You can select any podcast you choose and listen to it and add to your spiritual curriculum and add to your library and experience the wealth of wisdom that God wants to give you for your ministry, for your destiny, for your place, for your position. Now, beloved saints, let's go to the Word of God. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and what a privilege it is that you have joined us today. Today, I am praying for you to come up to your highest pinnacle of purpose in your life. Don't be discouraged if you've been going through a fiery test, a fiery trial. Don't even be concerned about it because God's going to take care of it. And especially if you know that you're called of God, you will go through a fiery test. But guess what? This test is for your best. God is going to use it exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. As a matter of fact, God is going to enlarge you after this time of test. The Bible tells us in Psalm 118 verse 5, Lord, I was in great distress, but you brought me out into a large place. That means you're going to be increased in the anointing. Now today, beloved saints, one of the wonderful works of the spirit that he accomplishes in our lives through the fiery test and trial is that he oftentimes creates in us a greater sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and to the work of the Spirit. Like refined gold in a fiery furnace, God is bringing you forth. And did you know that the work of the Holy Spirit in your life is to produce the attributes of agape to flow through you so that you might be so effective in your ministry because agape gives us access to all of the supernatural promises that God promises every believer in the New Testament. Now, beloved saints, I want to share with you today a from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, how agape works in our lives. Did you know that the early church was so successful, so powerful? By that I mean, can you imagine someone like Stephen, who was a deacon, who took care of tables, that was so anointed that he was full of faith and power, and he did great wonders among the people. Stephen leaves a legacy for us. Do you know why? Because for the love of God, he was willing to give his life. This is agape, to lay your life down unto the death. 
for one another. No greater love has this than a man to lay down his life for his friends and for the Lord, because the Lord commands us to love him more than anything else in this world. Now, beloved saints, I want to speak to you just for a few moments about the four kinds of love in the word of God. But first, let's look at this incredible exhortation because one of the most powerful attributes of prophecy in the Bible is the attribute of agape. You see, the gifts of the spirit all are contingent on agape. Not only agape, but also phileos. For those of us who don't know the difference, let me explain the difference. Agape in Greek, you will not find this word hardly or barely used in the secular in the secular literature of Greek times, of ancient Greek times. But you will find this word agape all throughout the New Testament. The word phileos is a word that means brotherly love, brotherly affection. Phileos is that work of the spirit where koinonia comes into the body, where the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, but where it works through all the members in the body of Christ. For example, in the book of Acts, the Bible says, neither did any that possessed the things that he had, did he consider to be his own, but they held all things in common. We see this, beloved, in Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Holding all things in common is that word koinonia, fellowship, where we actually see the workings of phileo. You cannot develop phileo just by a mindset, just by thinking, just because we see someone in the body of Christ that we love and we think that that's phileos. Phileos is brotherly love, but it must be demonstrated through tenderness, through love, through desiring one another. Did you know that Paul said that uh, Paul teaches us in the book of Philippians that Epaphrodites was greatly desirous of the church that was in Philippi. And Paul said, greatly desiring to see you. I want to ask you the question, when was the last time you really desired to see individuals in your body that you fellowship with, individuals that you love or those that just mean so much to you because they're precious brethren? Let me share a scripture with you that will help you understand the workings of phileos in the body of Christ and why it's so important because the whole operation of the gifts of the spirit operating through the body as one body with many members operates through phileos. Let us look at the word of God just for a moment, beloved saints. The Bible tells us here, as we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Bible says in verse seven, we were gentle among you, even as a nurse that cherishes her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted to you, not the gospel only, 
but also our own souls because you were dear unto us. You see this tender affection that Paul was teaching the church to have for one another. Now let's look at an example of agape. Agape, beloved saints, is self-sacrificing love that does not expect anything in return. Whereas phileos is a participation. Everyone is participating in phileos. So if you only have members or you only go to a place where one person does all the work, the work of the spirit is not going to reach that pinnacle of purpose. Why? Because it's it's an inoperative body in the sense that the body of Christ needs to have functioning within it, agape and phileos. Let me explain it to you. Let's look at an example of phileos. Phileos, again, or excuse me, agape. Agape is seen here in Ephesians chapter five, beloved saints. We see it here in Ephesians five, verse one. The Bible says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in agape as Christ has loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God, a sweet smelling savor. Paul is telling us that we should offer ourselves as a sweet smelling sacrifice to God through giving ourselves for one another. So you say, what do you mean by that, Dr. Crowell? I don't live in a place where Christians are persecuted, or maybe you do as you're watching this program internationally. But I want you to know, dear saints, every day you can lay your life down. A wife can lay her life down for her husband. A husband can lay his life down for his wife. How? In sacrificing daily when you're tired, when you don't feel like doing something, that you stretch by the spirit to serve the other in love. This is how the love of Christ is made manifest. Not being high-minded, oh, not being selfish in any way, but being the individuals that are going to give. This was the power in the early church. And it was so powerful that in the book of Acts, the Bible tells us in the fourth chapter, the koinonia kept growing and the anointing kept increasing. As the koinonia increased, as they began to care for one another, the Bible says, and as many as were possessors of lands and houses, sold them and brought the prices of the lands that were sold and the houses that were sold. And they laid it down at the apostles' feet. And the Bible tells us, beloved saints, that distribution was made to every man. And the scripture tells us immediately following in the next verse. And God gave great power to the apostles to give witness of the resurrection through signs, wonders, and miracles. You see, this great grace that was upon them all came through the phileos, came through the agape, the selling of what they had, the sacrificing, but also 
every joint supplying, every person participating with their responsibility toward loving one another. Beloved saints, this is the secret to the supernatural in the New Testament. You see, this is why Paul writes for us. He writes a unit of scriptures teaching us how the supernatural works in the church. Notice he begins with 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I like to call the identification of the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because he tells us what they are and he focuses on the operation of the body. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, most of those texts that are prefaced by the spiritual gifts of the Spirit are are finalized in Paul's chapter, teaching us all about how the body moves, how the body is one. Actually, the text teaches us in verses 12 and 13, we see this word one body used over seven times. And then we see 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Have you ever wondered why 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is in between 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14? We see 1 Corinthians 13 as the clarification of how the gifts operate. So in 1 Corinthians 12, we see the identification, what they are, how they operate. But in 1 Corinthians 13, we see the not just the clarification, the identification, but we see the clarification. Paul is clarifying that the gifts of the Spirit, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and though I have all prophecy, I understand all mysteries, and though I have faith to move mountains, if I don't have agape, it's going to profit me nothing. So in other words, this is not some ideology. This means that agape is the power that produces the impossible in the body of Christ. And then we see, we see the identification, we see the clarification, and then, beloved saints, we see the implementation. The implementation, how to incorporate the works and the gifts and the operations and the demonstrations of the Holy Spirit in the supernatural in 1 Corinthians 14. This is what Paul says. He says, follow after agape. Why? Because agape is what's going to release all of the properties, or if you will, the, the uh, attributes of prophecy in the body of Christ. So whether that uh, attribute is something within you and you just feel an impression to do something for God. You haven't really received a word from the Lord, but you had an impression in your spirit. That, my dear friends, is the spirit of prophecy working within you because the Bible tells us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Or if you feel led by the spirit to go somewhere and you were led into the supernatural, that again is the spirit of prophecy because the Bible says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So I want you to know, dear people, as we go to today's teaching, let the agape of God 
and the phileos of God begin to move in your midst and you will see how God will supernaturally sustain and miraculously maintain your life and how you will reach the pinnacle of power operating in that dimension of destiny that God has ordained for your life in the supernatural. Let's go live now just for a moment or two to your Belinda and I'll be right back. Forever! Now what is this whole service about that the priest is performing? He's going to go at dawn. First thing he does, changes his garments. The entire protocol is changed. He's walking up the elevation altar and he's taking a handful, only a handful. Do you know what he does? He raises it up to heaven. God is going to do something with your tribulation. God is going to bring elevation out of your tribulation. This means what you've gone through is going to be used for the glory of God. All of your pain is going to be used for gain in the kingdom. Can I get a witness somewhere? <laughs> Taking that pain. See, we can't even begin to understand God's love for us. We can't even begin to understand how God associates himself with our suffering. We can't even begin to understand that God is so identifying in the scriptures. You see, every time we see documented details concerning these things, this is God saying, I validate you. This is not like a man who you tell your problem to and they just say, get over it. This is not like somebody who says, you know what? Wow, that's really great. And it's so irrelevant to someone. But God says, your personal pain is so precious to me that he takes a handful of the ashes. First thing that's done in the temple. It's another kind of sacrifice. It's the sacrifice of the night seasons. You're still serving God, but you don't feel like it. In the night season, you're, you might feel like even you're going through the motions of ministry and you might even feel like you lost touch with the spirit of God, but you've been faithful. You're going through trials and tribulations and you don't see anything, but you still keep serving God. God is saying, this is what I'm going to do with that pain. I'm going to elevate it. I'm going to use it for my glory. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For a light affliction is but for a moment, but it worketh for us a far more and exceeding eternal weight of glory. The Bible says, blessed be the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we might be able to comfort others with the same comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And somebody ought to give God the praise. 
Nehemiah was looking for those stones the same way the Holy Ghost is looking for your stones. The same way Nehemiah sanctified every stone and lifted it up to heaven before he put it in the wall. I want you to understand this is a type and a shadow of God saying when the tears were rolling down your face, when you couldn't sleep at night, when your heart was breaking and you wondered why is God allowing this to happen? God wants you to know that he's going to use you for his glory. He's going to allow, he allows everything to happen, but he is going to take what you've been through and use it so astronomically for his glory. You are going to see that you are going to receive divine compensation for all your tribulation. He is going to give you double for your shame and somebody ought to shout the victory. I'm so glad that you joined us today. You mean so much to us. I want to pray for you to be able to operate in the anointing. You know it is God's will that because we have received Jesus into our hearts as our personal Savior, that our destiny is to operate in the anointing. This is what John teaches. The anointing you have received of him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you, for that same anointing teaches you of all things. That same anointing that teaches you of all things is the inner witness within, being led by the Spirit. And I feel today, there are so many of you that have viewed this telecast today that are going to be operating in the supernatural. I pray for you right now, those of you that have desired to be used in the prophetic gifts, one of the ways the gifts of the Spirit is released in our life is through desire. This is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And I pray right now, those of you that have been desiring spiritual gifts, we come into agreement that you will begin to prophesy, not to be seen of men, not so people can say, wow, how anointed that person is, but so that you can edify another. Because if your desire is to bring healing and hope to others and to show them Jesus is not dead, Jesus is alive. He knows everything they're going through. If you want to comfort them in their affliction. If you want to show them that Jesus is not just some distant God off somewhere that doesn't care about their needs, but that Jesus is involved in every detail of their life, then the prophetic anointing is going to be released in your life. And the attributes of prophecy are going to begin to start operating in your life. Father, in Jesus name, I release the anointing. I release those attributes attributes of prophecy, from agape, from desiring spiritual gifts, from the desire and the excellence to excel in edifying the church. God is telling me right now that there are some of you that are viewing this telecast that God's going to release a clear, concise word of knowledge. There are others of you that are just feeling a sense of laughter over your spirit right now as you hear this, because God is breaking the burden. God 
God is taking a burden off of you and it's not in the flesh, but it's a sense of laughter saying, God, how can this possibly be? But I want you to know we serve a God of surprises. We serve a God of the impossible. Just within months, your life is going to shift and God is going to open doors of destiny that you never imagined possible because you've been tested, tried, and you are believing God for the impossible. Beloved saints, today, I invite you to move out into the miraculous. And those of you that have never invited Jesus Christ into your life, and you say, Dr. Carell, I've heard about this phileos, this agape, but I've never felt Jesus love me. I want you to know Jesus rushed to Galilee after he was risen from the dead to meet, to, to meet his beloved disciples and to meet Peter there on the shores of Galilee, bringing Peter back to the place where he first called Peter to restore him and to give him confidence and to anoint him for a greater anointing. And I believe right now that love that Peter felt, not only the first time Jesus called him, but that love that he felt when Jesus restored him. I believe my dear friends, Jesus wants to call you. He wants to put his arms around you. And I want you to know that those arms and those hands have nail prints in them. I want you to know that those nail prints, those nail prints represent the, the hands that were nailed to the cross for your salvation. And I believe today that this very moment, those eyes of love, that penetrating, those penetrating eyes of love, the mercy, the kindness that you have been longing for and looking for, little pilgrim, are about to come into your life if you receive Jesus right now into your heart. Some of you are weary and you have no resting place, but God wants to give you a resting place in Him. He is rest. He is life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Are you weary? Are you worn out? Do you need a friend? Are you longing for someone just to hold you? Just to say, I know, I understand. That's Jesus. And you can receive him right now into your heart. You can say these words with me. I don't care what your background is. Don't say you've sinned so deeply that God can't pick you up. He will. So say this prayer with me. Wonderful Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me. Wash me clean from my iniquity. I love you. Come into my heart. Be my personal savior. And I believe if you said this prayer, Jesus has come into your heart and he will change your life forever. And now for those of you who would like to partner with us in our worldwide Hesed outreach for the poorest of the poor, you can do that at mydayofdestiny.com or you can also uh, text to give through Hesed. That is Hesed, C-H-E-S-E-D, and text it to 779. 
1-800-273-8677. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and we'll see you very soon.